Hello, I'm Melody Asani. I'm Julie Burns Walker. Together, we welcome you to the Butterfly Forecast. It's so good to be together. I feel like already we are off to displaying the beauty of friendship. Sushi and I were talking about this yesterday. It really doesn't take a lot to create a friendship, but finding somebody who has those ingredients, that's what's tricky. Yeah, really true. How did you guys meet each other? I was really nudged hard to reach for Lauren when we lost Nip. Mm. You know, I, I, you can't really explain it. I can't really explain it, but it was like a higher energy. It was just like, I need you to reach out to Lauren. And she just was just so heavy on my mind and heavy on my heart. My circumstances, which, you know, me losing someone who was close to me, you know, tragically and publicly in that way. So I just wanted to reach for her just in support because I know when all the fanfare is gone, you're still there mm. with emptiness and, and, and uh, grief and mm. lack of understanding. You just need so much support just throughout the years. You know what I mean? It doesn't just, you know, you don't, that's not something that you kind of get past quickly. So I reached for her and in good old Lauren London style. Uh, (laughs) and I had so much respect for it because it reminded me so much of myself Mm. you know what I mean I kind of in a way expected that if if she was anything of what I thought she was what Mm. she was you know I found her number I got her number and just kind of texted her and I was just like hey you know I'm just reaching out to you I just want you to know that um you know, if you ever need to talk or need anything, you know, reach for me. And she was like, oh, that's sweet. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It made all the sense in the world because at that particular time, you're having all kinds of people reach for you. So you don't right. know where anybody's really sitting. You know what I'm yes. saying? And yes. Intention. So over the months, I just kept reaching. Hey, just checking in. You good? You know, mm-hmm. and just over, just reaching, reaching, reaching. And one day she was like, no, I'm not good. That yeah. was it. That's when you were filming, actually. I was in Germany. You were in yeah. Germany. It was so natural to respond and be really honest with her. Yeah. And I think our first time really hanging out was very, like, spiritual. Like, mm-hmm. we had, like, a sacred sister circle. You know, it was a yeah. lot of prayers involved. Yeah, we did. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, let's go to lunch and you know, fake talk about the weather or something like that. We were like, (laughs) it wasn't aligned with what I considered hanging out, being fun. So Mm. it was an alignment, even our first time hanging out. And then I feel like from there, it was like, like, I really feel like I had known her for a hundred years. That's the best. I love that, Lauren. When you create the foundation of your friendship based on your spirit and your spirituality, what else are you not going to get along with? Yeah. I actually think this is probably the first friendship I've had built in that way. From the gate and the, the idea of supporting one another to get home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's such a testament to how hard it is to find that. Because Jada, I'm sure in your lifetime, you've met 
millions and millions of people and had so many connections. And for you to just find that now. Mm -hmm. Julie said something to me in a session, actually, that really struck me. She said that you're not allowed to be more than a person recognizes. Because it's like if somebody sees your greatness from the beginning, then you have permission to be your whole self. Then you you have Mm. something to build, you know? And if they don't, in truth, it's their loss. If you really think about what is a true friend, it's first of all, someone who believes in what you are already. And even if they don't know everything about you yet, they believe in you and they are going to reflect that back to you, not their projections or their agendas of you. So you can't be more than that. All you'll ever be is less than that. And why waste your time if somebody isn't going to be that beautiful mirror to you? Because I feel like true friends, and you know, I know today we play around with like that term, best friends, but it's supercharged because it's filled with all kinds of agendas for many people. I feel like a true friend is about someone who wants to see you evolve and be your best self. Yeah, that's real talk. Yeah, I think that's a testament to our friendship too. In my, what I would say was my most vulnerable and darkest time, Jada just only saw my light. Mm. And And vice versa. (laughs) Like, yeah, I've had some really dark times with, with Lauren and she's only ever just kept encouraging the best. That's the thing, you know, I knew when I was getting nudged, I was like, I felt like we had something for each other. Mm. And I didn't understand it then, but I knew there was going to be beautiful reciprocity in this relationship. And it has been. Yeah. Another way Julie said it is a true friend is somebody that sees no end to you. Yeah. I love that so much because so many people try to put us in a place. I hate that. It's like, it almost feels like loyalty, like where I have to be loyal to the person in that way. And I can't be my whole self or my true self. Mm -hmm. But when somebody just sees no end to you and they just want more and more and they're just like, oh, that's what you're doing now. Let's do this. Or that's what you're feeling now. Let's go there. I feel like that's you and I too, Melody. Because I've known you for long known her is that your evolution and ascension even you know yours too julie i feel like i it's just no end to it well i also you know uh, you are saying this and it's me think of what you guys were talking about that you shared in your reciprocity but even when you're in your darkest place that friend does not see you in the darkness That's right. Yeah. It's not they're coming in to save you. You know, I need my best friend. They're coming in to see you. See you. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And help you see yourself. Yes. Yes. But I think it's interesting when you were talking about the idea of how we put relationships in these boxes. So we can't see the person beyond how we've labeled them. You know what I'm saying? And the expectations that come with those labels. And what I've had to learn in my life is that, you know, to get in alignment with the higher power, because the higher power brings people into your life for whatever the purpose the higher power wants. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I might 
have someone come into my life as, you know, I label a person as a sister, but, you know, the higher power is like, oh, no, this person is going to be a fierce reminder of the shadow aspects of yourself that that have mm. to be. Is this is not going to be, you know, considered a joyful uh, feeding into yourself, gratifying uh, feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And so, but this person is your sister in the truest sense because of those reflections that might not be the reflections that you want to see of yourself, yeah. but it's part of the purification process. And I really have had to kind of release my immature concepts around relating, Mm. you know, understanding that each relationship is about purification and Mm. getting us to that true sense of love within and without. And it's, it's Mm. not steeped in ego and the the aspects of self-gratification, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the friendships that have not lasted throughout the years for me. And I used to hold so much honor in that if we're friends for 20 years, I'm such a, that means I'm a loyal person Mm -hmm. or I'm a solid person. I've had fun. But when you just said what you said about everything being a purification, that makes me okay to let some of those times go. I don't have to always hold on to the fire. It became, and it taught me the lesson and we've, you know, gone different different ways. To be grateful for it all. Well, what trips me out is I've realized how many friendships I've chosen based on the relationship with my mom and dad. There's certain things that I didn't get from my mom. And so I have become friends with my mom over and over again and then tried to get a different result at the end of it. And once I realized that, I was so free from becoming friends with those kinds of people to achieve that kind of thing. Sometimes subconsciously we're attracted to a certain kind of dysfunction that's familiar to us. It's so true. And I also think if you don't know yourself, then you don't know the warning signs. But you know, it's not that you necessarily created it. You just didn't know. Mm. You know, the minute the contrast starts, something in you should be waking up going, wait, this isn't about me. This has nothing to do with what I am. So I can't support this. This is a place that I no longer can express myself. And maybe it's temporary. Maybe this person is on a journey and you'll meet back on the road. But it's very likely that they're going to ramp up the drama wherever they go. And there is no kind of friendship. No. Yeah, I think I um, experienced that recently in just my adult friendships. Mm. You just grow in different ways and on choose different paths. And so certain ways that I would connect and bond with certain friends, you know, trauma bond, gossip bond. Those are elements and energies I don't want to entertain anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when though when I stopped entertaining it, then it was like we had nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's- that is it. Um, and it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it was okay. You really are who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. Once I learned how to be a better friend to myself, I could be a better friend to others. And then in how I treated myself, being able to show friends how to be a friend. We, we're the map, you know, and that's yes. the thing that we tend to forget. It's like in all our relationships, we're the map. 
you know, instead yes. of having to befriend myself in a way to really uh, see my codependency and see how my codependency was really at the steering wheel of all my relationships and how, mm-hmm. you know, and recognizing that and coming into coming to terms with that um, mm-hmm. and having to heal that aspect of myself, but also being conscious of it really helped me see how I had invited so many toxic relationships into, you know, being able to be in the course of purifying that. Mm -hmm. And so then even like having a friend like Lauren, when sometimes she'll see my codependency pop up, like the, the other day, you got me all the way together when I was like, well, I need to find a new house for homeboy so he can have a backyard for the dog. <laughs> and she was like, Girl, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Right? So you can have your friends because now I'm the map. And so mm. your friends can help you see difficult places and go, hey, stop, let's look at this. And because I'm aware of it, I go, yeah, let me look at that. And I go, Ooh, got it. So then your friends can actually help you navigate through some of your dysfunction. Even if Lauren doesn't recognize it as codependency, what she recognizes it as, <laughs> you're doing too much. Sis <laughs> <laughs> wants to save the world. Yeah. I have to remind her that, you know, I, it's a lovely, beautiful. I just am always trying to let her know, not at the expense of yourself. Yes. Right? So good. I mean, I think that's why sometimes we move from just finding a friend who does that for you. And I think that because people don't find it, it becomes like a acquisition. So they are after finding, you know, like a collection right. of people who give them everything but the truth. Mm. And so what you're talking about, Jada, about, the purification process that this brings you, but I don't think people think that's the goal. (laughs) So that's why we keep repeating history over and over because it's like, oh, but they're so cool. They're so nice. They're so, hey, they invited me out. I should say yes, right? They like me. I should say yes. I know for myself, people think I'm a sparkly twinkly thing. Mm-hmm. So they just want me to add it in their collection, mm. but, but they don't know me at all, nor do they even want to get to know me. And so I don't want to be in someone's collection. Yeah, there's a lot of that. We all kind of do that. I think the four of us have that in common in our various spheres of life for many reasons. We've become that. So you really have to do that, like you're talking about purification, where actually after that, there's nothing missing. Exactly. (laughs) That's the thing. You know, there's nothing missing at all because something might feel good or because somebody likes you or, you know, that, you know, that you feel as though that, you know, this is a person that should be in your life or what have you. But just the idea of like, one of the things I've had to really get in contact with is like, just because something's familiar doesn't make it the thing that I need to invest in. Oh, Oh my God, that part. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had a lot of misunderstanding around familiar feelings within thinking that if it's familiar, then it's right. Mm-hmm. If it's familiar, then that means I'm really connecting. And I've had to really navigate and really be brutally honest with myself in regards to really look at the root of those feelings and seeing where, where it comes from. And a lot of times it comes right back to my codependency. So... <laughs> 
I have to constantly check myself, you know. We have the perfect friendship then. Codependent and tragically <laughs> independent. Like, I don't let nobody do nothing. Like, girl. Yeah. And I think also with what you were saying, with just like just it feeling familiar, I think for me, it was like I held on to longevity. Mm -hmm. Loyal to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have our little things. Like, for me, I've always struggled with belonging. And so when somebody makes me feel like I belong somewhere, I think then it, it's sort of a trap for me because I'm like, even though it's not working, I'm like, well, where will I belong if not here? Oh, wow. And especially because that's actually one of the key traps to attracting a narcissist or someone with narcissistic tendencies, because that is how they kind of pull you into their me, myself, and I sphere, because they're like, oh, you belong because I see you. Oof. And now you are in danger. You don't even know you just signed your life away. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And then you're terrified of leaving because you're like, where will I belong? And until you find out that you belong everywhere, yeah. yes. you are trapped. Yeah, that's hard. It's very hard to, to trust yourself. I wonder, in fact, why would you need a uh, person who is your true friend, mm -hmm. if you already had a mate, or if you already experienced love, like, why would you then still need someone else? Mm -hmm. And, and I would say that even when we're in intimate relationship, I was like, Oh, maybe it's not as intimate as we thought. The mirror doesn't go 365 degrees. I think the kinds of mirrors that we get in intimate relationships versus in friendships, there's like a different kind of intimacy, I think, that you can have with your female friends. There's this unspoken understanding between women specifically, I think, and a sacred level that we can communicate on that 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 is very easy. With Lauren and I, there are times where she really doesn't have to say much of anything. And I'm clear about what's happening and what's going on and vice versa, you know, and that we can sit in each other's space. We can be laughing or we can be still and quiet. And there's still a communication that's happening. And with men, you know, as far as romance is concerned, there's just so much stuff that that kind of dynamic brings up with your friendships you can you you get to bypass all of that stuff mm -hmm. now you you go into other wells you know but there's also a different kind of trust it's a different want and expectation too right and there's a familiar pain yeah. that we as sisters have I've experienced. experienced it might not be mm -hmm. the experience but it's like, oh, yeah, I, I can see you and say, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Just from being sitting in the seats of being just a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get a lot of joy out of not having to explain. Me right? too. Yeah. Like just being able to <laughs> be. Be. You know what I mean? How many people can you say you experienced that with? I mean, it's very rare. Especially and I went away to rest. We went away together to rest. 
we did not have to dress. We did not have to shower. We did not brush our hair. We, <laughs> we just hung out. We went hiking. We ate. It's so rare that yeah. you can actually rest in the presence of a person. And maybe uh, a lot of the stuff we haven't worked through, we dream of someone like your mate or your love uh, would bring to you, but actually you're doing work there. Yeah. And like, I love what you guys were saying. I, I love that we speak the same language when you're with females. With males, we immediately become bilingual. You cannot maintain just your language. Yeah, it's so true. So and I true. think you said something really interesting is that in our dynamic, even when things are difficult, there's still an easeful, restful space between us. In the romantic, intimate dynamic, it's so much work all the time. Relentless. <laughs> it's work. You have work to do together. Yes, yes. It's not, it's not like, you know. <laughs> true. And I think we look for it. Yes. Like, give me something so that I can feel better about myself and my life and my existence. Sometimes you're just looking to just be peaceful together, right? Yeah. Laugh or have fun. It, it feels like, you know, if I go back to my days where I was in, you know, relationship, intimate relationship, I was looking to my partner to be, be everything. Friend, Ooh, parent, <laughs> love of the life, like everything. Teacher, yeah. everything, yeah. you know? That's why for me, I feel like in every relationship, the foundation has to be friendship. Mm -hmm. And that that's just me. But that's been one of my focal points in relating is being able to establish the foundation of friendship. So whether it's my kids and I, whether it's Will and I, my mother and I, every relationship, I feel like has to have some foundation of friendship. Well, that's, you know, we were, we had done a podcast in the past and this had come up and Juliet said, it's the difference between agenda and connection. If you get into a relationship with any kind of agenda, it's not really sustainable. Whereas if there is like a true connection, then that will last forever because you can't mess with a connection. That's been a, a helpful map for me. Even with myself, like, what's my agenda? Because I didn't even think I had agendas, but sometimes I have to check that versus a connection is so easy. But where do you learn how to be a friend? I mean, where did you guys learn how to be a friend? Mine was through my own pain of feeling alone as a child. I know what it feels like to, like, be alone, to be betrayed in a way to not be supported, to not be protected. I think I'm a very protective friend because I wasn't a protected mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. I equate protection and stability and security, love. My, my friends were my family. I didn't have a boundary between family and friendships. It was like my friends mm -hmm. were my sisters, were, yeah. were my brothers. But it's changed because then as I got older, I realized I have not always been the best friend. So as I got older and started to know myself more, deepening my relationship with God, I know that what I give out comes back. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm learning how to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And as I'm learning how to 
care for myself and love myself. I'm learning how to care and love others because I think that I haven't always been a good friend either because in the delusion of codependency and having very um, imbalanced ideas of what connection and love looked like. So those are things that I've really have had to clean up and still are. And so in that process and learning how to give space, learning how to listen, being able to step outside of myself and sit in someone else's shoes Mm. and understand that I can't measure what people need by what my needs are. And being in a place where I'm comfortable also with not being perfect. Mm. I've gotten real comfortable with that. So I can listen when people take issue with, you know, with me. Part of being in loving relationships is not only being willing to grow and change, but also when you can really look at someone and look at yourself and go, well, that is a mountain that I'm going to climb, but it doesn't mean I'm going to reach the top in this lifetime, right? <laughs> so meaning that yeah. I also had to learn to embrace flaws, mm-hmm. you know, and, and embrace the shortcomings within myself. And so I can do the same with others. You know, I used to get really offended, you know, when things didn't go my way or people didn't think the way I thought or, you know, Me all too. of that stuff. I didn't think the way I thought, I just did not understand. I can't pass judgment. I have been really judgmental to friends because I've been judgmental with myself. Mm, that is so profound. It's so true. What about you, Smushi? Oh, I think that was just making me think about how it's a necessity for me to have friends that are accountable because that's what it takes, right? I'm accountable for myself and it's work. It's the hardest work I've ever done or I think I'll ever do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and guess what? I understand if it's too hard to do. Yes. yes that part. But just being in pursuit of it or or desiring it or wanting it, even that is so hard to find because a lot of people don't want to look at themselves. It's so lonely. It's yeah. so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> we might be alone a lot. But the thing that I realized in developing a relationship with the higher power, we don't have to be lonely. Totally. But I understand what you're saying. Like for those of us who really love connection and and being in relationships that are fulfilling in that way of like, you know, you just want to have people that you can immerse yourself in that are on your same vibe, on your same flow. And I've had to realize that even some of the closest people to us (laughs) can't necessarily be on the same trajectory. Mm. But those little pieces, those little roads that we can find, everybody doesn't have to be on the same exact journey. That's totally fine with me. It doesn't have to be the same. It just has to be something. Something, yeah. Some level. Well, and that's why we have to hollow ourselves out so that we can really appreciate that what we are is so truly magnificent. We could spend the rest of our lives developing ourselves and in our practice. What You're not going to ever stay the same. I mean, imagine if every person you met in your life knew that about you and you held that for them. Oh my gosh, life would be so sweet, you know? Yeah. 
I think that's what fellowship originated as, like in your communities, wherever your community is, whether it's like a geographical community or a spiritual community. Often in those communities, you find yourself having to work extra hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's like an awakening by itself and that loneliness starts to come back like, oh, wow, I thought I was in this place where I'd find love, but no, I'm alone in my practice. What I want to kind of touch on is what Jada said about you're never truly alone because of the higher power. I think that's where I'm at personally, because I do believe that. I think we're constantly surrounded by our ancestors, by a higher power. I feel it. I see the workings of it. And now I rely so heavily on it. I'm like, show me a sign. Show me a sign, <laughs> like any sign. And I look for those things and I operate on them. But I've also realized how much work that is to maintain that. I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know if I haven't gotten to a place of like critical mass where I can rely on that solely. I think that's what my goal is, though, is to be so connected or so in line with that where I feel completely sustained by that so that I don't need anything else. Even that, I think that process though is like some level of like-mindedness that I wish I shared with my partner or with, you know, my friends where they too are trying to do that so that we're growing side by side. Like we're not necessarily entangled, but we're both kind of going for that same goal. And maybe that's where I feel alone. You know, those walks are really, you know, it's, it's in, a, in a space of autonomy. Mm. Sometimes, you know, we might get lucky enough in that lifetime, we have a partner that's on the same path and you can do it together. But, you know, the thing that I've realized is that it, it really is an individual journey. We, once we gain what we need and having that divine sustenance, it's like, it really puts you in a position that you have such a beautiful relationship with yourself and with that divine presence that whatever is happening, it's okay. Yeah. You know what I you mean? You know, you'll be good. You're good. You know, but I'm going to tell you, it is an excruciating process. Yes. I wish there was more language around the courage that it takes to be happy. Mm, yes. People talk about happiness and they talk about finding yourself, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the new age language sometimes can, can give us the false idea that it's supposed to be, you know, this journey that is, is easy. And, you know, um, but, you know, we have to go into some valleys within ourselves that are not pretty, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and really do some digging. You know, there's those dark forests that we have to mm -hmm. journey through alone, mm -hmm. you know, but there's the brightest light on the other side, you know. I don't think I would have gotten here otherwise. And I feel like sometimes people that are in like, I see mainly couples I was thinking about that are in like super easy relationships. I'm like, I wonder if they ever have to do work or maybe they're just so comfortable they never have to do work. And I don't know if I would have chosen that 
So it's kind of like a weird thing. You would have chosen that. Yeah. Or, th- that option is all was always there. Right. I think that we're still kind of trying to find something that we feel good about, that we feel we receive something like a confirmation. I think sometimes along the path of life, haven't you guys met someone where it's not like somebody you would choose from your friend catalog, but there's something about them where you're just, you know, they need a friend and you find yourself just becoming it because you see a need and you noticed it and no one else noticed it. And even Lauren, do you remember that day uh, on the day when Nip passed away was the day I started thinking about you. Mm. Now I was just thinking about you and it kept coming back around and back around and back around. So I don't make the assumption that I'm going to see you. I, I don't work that way. I just know something's going on with you. So I just start sending love out to you, love and prayers. And that is that how strange I fly into LA. I'm at Swishy's house and you call there. Mm-hmm. And then we, we speak then. Now, I wasn't really thinking what it was about. Truly, even though I knew what had happened, I wasn't like, oh, no, I need to save Lauren. Yeah. No such thing. It's like total respect. It's a different thing. You're just like, hmm, I wonder if this person needs that little something. I wonder if it's just loving them right now. Yeah. And I think sometimes that grows into like a shrub or even a tree. Yeah. Have you experienced that? I have. <laughs> you know, really unlikely experiences, you know what I'm saying? And and they've been well, unlikely, you know, experiences with unlikely people that you would think that I would grow a, a, a close connection to, you know. But I think that those those are the spaces for me where I really learned most unconditional love. Like I'm thinking about Cherie, for instance. Will's ex-wife, Cherie, my bonus son's mother, you know, over the years, we've had deep obstacles, but all over the years, being able to really develop a real sisterhood, you know, yes. we're like 28 mm-hmm. years in. And, you know, just, I think Cherie in my life has really taught me unconditional love. She, she didn't have a reason to feel like she had to make me compromise for me in any kind of way. This wasn't a person that felt like she needed to comply, you know, so she just came as her true self. And with the feelings of our, you know, the conflicts that we were going through, and I had to really learn how to find those spaces of love, Mm. gratitude, grace in a real honest way in order to come into a place in myself that we could actually have an authentic loving relationship between us and um it was it was very challenging because you know we both came in with just we were like <laughs> you know yeah. like you would never them together you would never think you would just yeah. only think that 
It love from the gate. The gate. Yeah. No, never, we were at each other's throats. It was you always. Guys are so, yeah, I would never. <laughs> bitch, meet me outside. <laughs> but that's funny to me because I don't see that with you guys at all. It's like, hey, hey, you know, yeah, because we, we we were that in this lifetime for each other to have to rise above those material the material bull crap you know all the mm-hmm. material space and really transcend to you know a, a spiritual nature between us in order to overcome all the you know all the the material bullshit you know and really we the one thing we had in common was the desire to love Trey and we've been on our spiritual grind you know, in a very mm-hmm. unique way in which we share together as well. So, yeah, it, that that was like probably yeah. the first like relationships that I did not choose, probably would not have chosen that. I know she wouldn't have either. <laughs> and, you know, we were able to transcend in a certain manner to get to a, to a real sisterhood. So you never know the implications of one friendship, like you making that decision, Jada, like somewhere in you, you made that decision to become that for her. I had to really look at some, some shadow spaces within my heart that she just happened to be the mirror of that, that she helped me purify. Wow. I love that. And probably just saved the world a lot of pain Mm. with just just making that bridge happen and creating that bond out of nothing. Yeah, out of nothing. <laughs> um, remember in high school, it was like a big thing. I don't know what high school you guys went to, but it was always like a thing to have backup. You know, like I got backup because we were we were fighting all the time. <laughs> if we were back there, you two would be my perfect backup. I was like, I would, I would watch you as my backup. <laughs> we all talk about if we had become friends while we were younger with this, we would have been, I was like, we became friends at the perfect time. Cause I, I tell you, it probably would have been a real turn. A mess. A mess. It's <laughs> like we became friends at the perfect time. At the time. spiritual hour. Yeah, we the spiritual hour. Cause oh my God. Not the raggedy hour. <laughs> <laughs> we were at, Cause yeah. it, nothing is worse than you have two fiery people that's just like, I'm acting up, me too. Oh, yeah, we just gonna act up yeah, together. Yeah, but now you're a superpower. Now, now we, we just pray together. <laughs> the true force. Two magnets. Life. She's been such a, a beautiful light, you know, for, for the family in general and. She's just, yeah, she's been a, a, a deeply healing component for me. You too for me. Yeah. So it's it's been a good, it's been good. Yeah. And I brought some little friends with me. Yeah. She I brought, brought some little humans she, yeah, with me. Yeah, she sure did. I just love them to Cameron Cross. They bring me so much joy. Yeah. They bring me so much joy. They do. Yeah. The two cutest. I understand completely. Same. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel exactly the same way about Melody. I mean, I love her and therefore I love all her people because yeah. I can't help it. That's you it. just can't help it. And it becomes like now they are in your circle and now you start thinking about them and loving them and worrying about them and it's so good it is it's so beautiful it really Mm -hmm. is smishy i'm so happy i wore you down 
was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Yeah. she doesn't become, I don't think she's ever become friends with a client really, but I can see. I had my ways. And what I love about your friendship is that it's also very like purposeful and like mystical Mm -hmm. what you guys do together but so normal and funny. <laughs> and I <laughs> like <laughs> catching you guys outside of like, you know, I don't say outside of your purpose. Cause I, I, we're kind we're always in it, but just on the outside of like the podcast and, you know, when we do our talks and it's a, it's actually a real joy. I got to witness it. The last what are you time I saying? You two, you're a part, you're the third yeah. musketeer in that. I am. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, that I'm so glad you brought that up, Lauren, because I think there's a misnomer that three's a crowd. And I don't think it's true. I really think once you know yourself, you can be like little Lego blocks and snap on with various groups and I I do. I don't feel like I'm a third wheel, and I don't feel like somebody else is a third wheel. I feel like, come on, come on. I know you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm not. I'm not the third wheel here. I am the red Lego block. (laughs) (laughs) Sushi, should we ask the question? Oh yeah. So there's a question we ask everybody before we leave, which is: Is there anything personally or? collectively in the world that you thought would have happened for you by now that hasn't happened yet? I have to say, you know, I just turned 50. I never in a million years thought 50 could feel so freaking good. Mm. Not expect this. You know what I mean? I didn't expect like, I just didn't expect this new sense of coming into myself in this way. We always are talking about empowerment. We're always talking about like, you know, self-love and, and I feel like, oh, snap at 50. I finally got it. Not, not it as like, it's done, but like, I finally got to see like, oh, so this is what it feels like to like, be good with you and be happy Mm -hmm. even in your aloneness and, you know, feel empowered in a way like, Um, You have yourself enough that your level of confidence of like being able to handle whatever you are confronted with, you know what I'm saying? And so it's not even about like, I need my life to be perfect so that I can be at peace. And I, no, no, no. I found that it's really about having a level of understanding of yourself, a level of self-confidence within and, you know, just understanding that life, you don't have to take it personally, shit's going to go down. That's just what it is. And for me, it's just about finding the lesson, you know, whatever the the great Supreme is trying to teach me in that Mm -hmm. moment. And just knowing that everything that is going on is for my benefit. And I'm sad that it took me 50 years, but I also know that everything is in divine order, Mm. but I'm just at a space Mm. right now where I just, you know, so I didn't expect this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't expect to be coming into such a new way. Some um, peace. Some peace. Some enlightenment. Yeah, because, you know, I spent most of my life deeply depressed. You know what I mean? So spent most of my life feeling very hopeless. And so to, like, be 50 and see that there's only light. 
you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, yeah, that, that I didn't expect, so. I think my life has changed so drastically in the past two years that there's not, there's no place that like, I guess I am surprised that I have laughed again. Yeah. Cause I've really <sighs> impossible and that there are things that I am now looking forward to Yeah, and that my relationship with God is growing. So that I, from where I was three years ago, I did not think I would be in the space of, seeking enlightenment and having a stronger relationship with God because I just thought it was all over. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. You've been good. You've been doing really good. I've been on that courageous happiness journey. You really have been. And that's what you both have been. I mean, what you both shared, I feel are such iconic things for so many people. I mean, you know, it makes me emotional um, to think that I still have so much to look forward to. Because especially uh, culturally, you know, for women around the world, like time is such a hack, you know? Yeah, such a hack. It's such a hack. And what a great surprise, because at the end of that, you're like, oh, there really is a creator. It really is infinite. Ha, joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that joke. Yeah, that's a, that's the one you can take to the bank yeah. all the way through. Oh my gosh, you guys are such a pleasure to be with. We could hang and do a slumber party, real. Easy. <laughs> I'm ready anytime. Yes. <laughs> thank you. This was like um, I say this. I've said this thing to death, but one of my favorite things that Julia's ever said on the planet is that. Love is the only nutrient in the world that can be expressed. And I love that so much because it's true. It really is like a vitamin. And and when you feel it, it it just like it sustains you. And it's almost like I need to take that, get that vitamin any way I can. (laughs) Thank you for these love nutrients. I feel. That's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find the Butterfly Forecast every Tuesday with a new episode available wherever you do your podcasting. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Hope to see you then. We'll see you next time.